You're smart. Your TV is smart. That's why you cut the cord. But you need one more thing. Alaska's news source. Watch live or when it's convenient for you. Here's how. Just search Alaska's news source on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, or Android TV. Install and enjoy. It's completely free and has everything you need in one spot. Breaking news. Statewide weather. In-depth investigations. Start streaming Alaska's news source live today. From education funding to speeding up SNAP benefits, we take you to the state capitol where the legislature is quickly taking on these key issues. Mail thefts. Federal prosecutors say a postal worker is responsible for not just delivering the mail, but in some cases taking it. We'll tell you about the allegations. Plus, what to do and not to do when it comes to approaching service dogs, while UAA students are making sure the dog etiquette is clear. And temperatures are dropping. For many, it'll be some of the coldest weather they've seen this season. I'll show you when that cold air will settle in. You're watching Alaska's News Source. Big developments down in Juneau this afternoon. A surprise House vote means it's a fast-moving night at the state capitol. And we are now just a handful of hours away from a joint legislative session. We have live team coverage tonight on that vote impacting the governor's education veto and a major SNAP benefits update. We begin our political with a political reporter, Steve Kirch, and that surprise House vote today, Steve. Mike, Maria, just moments ago, Senator Bill Wilikowski told me the senators are in caucus discussing on whether to go into joint session with the House and accept their invitation and override the governor's $87 million in education vetoes. About the 4.30, the surprise House vote came, and it comes just days after a majority of the House lawmakers voted down the same motion. And in the last hour, House Speaker Kathy Tillman said the vote just means lawmakers are carrying out their constitutional duty, but the Speaker does not think there are enough votes to override the governor's veto. Supporters say the $87 million would have a key impact on increasing money for the base allocation this year. I asked Wilikowski if he thinks the Senate has time since they are adjourned until Monday. Okay, and I'm here with Senator Bill Wilikowski. Now, sir, what were you guys discussing in caucus just moments ago? Well, this is really unprecedented ter territory because we've gaveled out until Monday, and so we were trying to figure out legally, technically, how we get all our members back because we have some members who were on the verge of leaving, people at funerals, National Guard service. So we were trying to figure out, uh, do we have the members to be able to go back? And yes, we'll be there. We'll be there at uh, 8 o'clock to uh, uh, discuss overriding the governor's vetoes. Now, you said that some people, you know, had left when I talked to you earlier. Now, it's, does that concern you, like, you know, because you're going to need, uh, you know, three-fourths majority to get to override these vetoes. Does that concern you that because people are gone, you're not going to have the votes? Well, we're working hard to get everybody back, so uh, it's going to be a close vote. Okay, now, House Speaker Tillman said she doesn't think the votes are there to override these vetoes. What do you feel? It's, it's definitely a lift. We've got the highest veto threshold in the United States. You need three-quarters of the legislature to do it, so it's definitely a heavy lift to do it. But uh, that's why we vote. That's why, you know, the people sent us down here. We've got to cast the votes. Okay, and as Speaker Tilton said, you know, they're just following their constitutional duty and to override these vetoes. But some people are wondering, like, okay, well, why did they have to go through this entire process of voting? Why couldn't they just go straight into, you know, a joint session? 
Well, there was there's a process to go into a joint session, and the House voted uh, yesterday, 2020, which was a, a failed vote to go to joint session. So uh, there's a process that you have to go through to get to a joint session, and uh, it wasn't it didn't happen until today, until just a few hours ago. Um, one of the criticisms people said, well, these rules have been there for years, so why did it take so long for them to come to this conclusion? Why couldn't this have been done on Tuesday when they originally brought up the motion? Well. You know, as people learn more and they have the debate, I think some people came to the conclusion that we actually constitutionally had to meet. And so I think that changed some opinions. But uh, we've got some legal opinions on this issue, and uh, and we'll be there, and we're ready to vote today. So. Okay, and uh, just to clarify, like, if this overrides, you know, if this is overridden, this would just be for this fiscal year. This won't impact next fiscal year. Correct. It's only for this year, and it would expire at uh, the end of this fiscal year, which is June 30th. Okay, Senator, thank you so much for your time. Okay, reporting from Juno, Steve Kirch, Alaska's News Source. And Steve will be monitoring that joint session coming up around 8 o'clock this yes. evening, and he'll have an update for us at 10 right here on Alaska's News Source. And right before that vote, and after months of controversy, lawmakers received an important update about Alaskans still waiting for food stamps known as SNAP benefits. SR Maxwell tells us the state says a goal's been set to get the backlog cleared up. Right. Well, that's right. You know, as of today, there are 6,500 applications or renewals that have yet to be processed. Some of those are people who've been waiting months to get food assistance. Department of Health Commissioner Heidi Hedberg told members of the Senate Health and Social Thank Services you, Committee today she hopes to have the backlog completely cleared by the end of February. Now, she says one thing that's helping, the department has temporarily stopped doing in-person interviews, even though it's required by the federal government. I prioritizing getting the benefits out um, really said it's more important that we focus on getting the benefits out. We see the value of interviews, but we need to focus on the training. And so we are temporarily pausing the interviews, accepting client statements, and those are the immediate actions we're taking. And the department says it is currently processing about a thousand applications a week. And they also say in the future, things should go more smoothly as they've recently added an online application for SNAP benefits, which should be easier to use and hopefully faster to process. All right, thanks, Lauren. And we broke that story about that surprise House vote on the governor's uh, vetoes override on the Alaska's news source app. It's free, of course. That's where you can find out the latest news coming out of this year's legislative session. First, well, the Matsu Borough Assembly has approved an ordinance extending the term limits for members as well as the borough mayor taking the decision out of the hands of the voters. I don't understand the resistance to sending this to the residents if we really think it's a good idea. Despite some opposition during public testimony, the borough assembly voted five to two to extend the terms of assembly and borough mayoral seats from three to four years. That will go into effect this year. Sponsors of the ordinance say the move will save the borough money by having less elections as well as improved voter turnout. That's a lot of money for an 8 or 9% voter turnout. I believe in my heart anytime you can quadruple voter turnout and save money, you're doing the right thing. Now, the Assembly decided to leave a separate and equally contentious ordinance up to the voters come this November. That would involve allowing candidates to show their political affiliations on voter ballots. The next general election is on Tuesday, November 5th.
Well, tonight, federal prosecutors say a 25-year-old former Anchorage mail carrier stole checks. The U.S. attorney says it happened while he delivered mail. Investigative reporter Rebecca Pasha has details on these allegations. Rebecca. Well, the U.S. Attorney's Office says that a former Anchorage USPS mail carrier was arrested yesterday in Missouri, comes after an Alaska federal grand jury charged him with fraud and theft for stealing checks from the mail. Court documents say Mei Shang, who is 25, altered checks, usually with whiteout, and wrote his own name on the checks. Now, that way it would look as if the checks were made out to him. Prosecutors say that Chong would then deposit the altered checks into his own bank account. Court documents say that money added up to more than $39,000. The documents go on to say the checks were stolen from Northrim Bank, Bank of America, Key Bank, and Mount McKinley Bank. The Department of Justice says it all happened from November to December of 2021. Chong is charged with one count of bank fraud and one count of theft of mail by a postal employee. The carrier is a trusted a uh, member of the community and people's mail, you know, they expect to get their mail. Some people, if they don't get their mail, it can, can mess up their lifestyle, period. And he faces fines up to 30 years in prison as well and will continue to keep you updated on how the case progresses. Rebecca Palsha, Alaska's News Source Investigates. And we have an update tonight on the above-ground pipeline leak on the North Slope we first told you about on Monday. The Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation saying this afternoon there are 24 response personnel on scene near Point Thompson and an additional 95 personnel supporting the cleanup efforts. The department says the recovered contaminated snow is being staged in Dead Horse where it will be melted and then the natural gas condensate will be separated out and measured to refine the calculation of the amount of product that leaked from the pipeline. With the investigation ongoing, crews say they plan to remove the pipeline insulation and evaluate the source of the leak to determine appropriate repair methods. So far, they say no animals have been impacted. Let's turn on the weather situation and take a live look over Anchorage this evening. Clear skies today, and we're back to calm winds. It was really blowing last night. It was. It was a really cold chill in the air. Chief Meteorologist Mr. Fry joins us now with a look at the forecast. Yeah, we're going to see those temperatures dropping pretty quickly here over the coming days. And one of the main concerns today, not only the cold, but uh, the winds that we've seen really ramping up here in many areas, including down into the southeast, where uh, we do still have a high wind warning in effect for Juneau, for downtown specifically, and for Douglas. That is, again, where we do have that high wind warning in effect for Winga between 60 and 70 miles per hour, which we've already seen uh, both today and yesterday. And then further north in Skagway and up along Klondike Highway, a winter weather advisory in effect. That's for poor visibility and blowing snow, uh, but also dangerous wind chills there. Klondike Highway actually had to be closed earlier today uh, due to the poor visibility from those wind gusts up over 50 miles per hour. So do use extra caution in that area. Now across most of South Central, those winds uh, have really taken off here as we've moved into the second half of the day. Uh, peak gusts earlier, though, as high as 71 miles per hour in Palmer, 29 in Anchorage, got up over 30 miles per hour overnight, and also seeing those high winds in Valdez and Breezy across the Kenai Peninsula. Now, while we are seeing clear and dry conditions across really most of the state, there's one exception to that, and that is the slope, where we do still have a winter weather advisory in effect from Puerto Bay to Kektovik until midnight, looking at up to three inches of additional snow there along 
with wind gusts there to 45 miles per hour. Otherwise, the rest of the state is going to be seeing those temperatures dropping here over the next 24 to 72 hours for Anchorage. It'll be single digits that we see tonight under mostly clear skies and then heading into tomorrow. We'll see those high temperatures getting back into the mid-teens under another day of beautiful sunshine. And I'll have a look at that full seven-day forecast here in a few minutes. Again, some of us seeing the coldest weather so far of the year. Wow. All right. Thanks, Melissa. We'll see you back in a few minutes. Still ahead tonight, training service dogs takes time and patience. But how are we all supposed to react when we meet one in public? That's what a class from UAA's nursing is working on this semester. We'll hear from, from them and some details when we come back. You're watching Alaska's News Source. Service dogs are an integral part of their owners' lives. However, not everyone is sure how to react when they see them in public. Georgina Fernandez is going to tell us now about how a UAA class is going to train the public on how to behave around service dogs. Creating awareness and education for service dog etiquette. That's the goal here at UAA for nursing students during their spring semester population health class. For the past two years, Locks. wherever Jeff Matthew goes, so does Locks. His four-year-old yellow lab, his best friend, who plays a critical part in keeping Matthew safe. He helps me walk in a straight line. He helps me to ambulate. If I were to have a medical event, he's there to keep me safe, to get help for me if I need. Locks is a service dog that was trained to help Matthews navigate both physical and other challenges he's dealing with after serving in the military. But a lack of public knowledge about service dogs has been an issue for both of them. We'll walk around and folks will say, oh, he's in a vest, you can't pet him. But it's more than just petting, it's distraction. Those distractions, Matthews tells us, can put him at a risk. He blames the issue on a lack of service animal etiquette. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. It's a problem UAA professor Angela Trujillo has also seen in the community. And so she and Matthews want people to become more aware of service animals. During the next few months, Trujillo's community health class will be doing a community assessment project on service dogs, hoping to educate the community. And then also, um, I think it's a really amazing opportunity for our students to have this information and then they will be able, because they're going to be encountering these in the hospital and medical settings. At the end of the semester, students will take everything they learned by creating a PSA about service animal etiquette. And educators tell me there is the potential that those PSAs will be presented to the Alaska Nurses Association. At UAA, Georgia Fernandez, Alaska's News Source. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Click subscribe so you can get the latest podcast from Alaska's News Source automatically. And stay up to date with breaking news and in-depth reporting available for free 24-7 with the Alaska News Source app.